Welcome everyone to the Love Evolve podcast. This is Leanne Lopinto. I am a psychologist, a relationship coach, and a breathwork teacher based in Los Angeles. And I work with people both one-on-one and in groups. My work is really centered around relationships and so really healing relational wounds to be able to step into this next level of relationships that are really becoming available to us right now. And so I focus on highly conscious relationships and also spiritual partnership. But before we can get there, we really need to have a strong and solid foundation of healthy relationship skills. And so that usually involves going back and healing core wounds, moving towards secure attachment, really healing self-love and self-worth, learning about boundaries, open, honest communication. These are all of the things that I work on with clients and in groups. And then moving up to learning about healthy, conscious relationship principles and how to work with relationships to help us to heal and grow and evolve together in partnership. And then moving up into high levels of spiritual partnership. And so that is the work that I am so passionate about. This podcast is a good place to start. You can also go to my website. If you're interested and you need support one-on-one, please just feel free to book a free 30-minute call with me. We typically go pretty deep, even though it's a short call. I give you as much support as possible, and then I will send you resources over email afterwards. And it's an opportunity for you to get to know me better, see if we're a good fit for working together. And I just love to meet new people. So I invite everyone to do that. The link is in the show notes. And so I'm just really excited for this episode. I invited my friend Khadija Dadaboy on, and we had such a good conversation about how we feel about men collectively. And despite really both of us having difficult relationships with men over the years, I've also shared my story many times about this, but she also shares hers as well. We still have unwavering love, support, and devotion for men collectively. And so this is a great conversation. If you have any comments or questions for either of us, you can get in touch with us through just looking at the show notes and you can connect with both of us. And I really hope you enjoy this episode. Would love to hear from all of you, men and women, and just really wanting to expand this conversation forward. It's a really important one. Okay, so I hope you enjoy this one. Talk to you soon. Okay, so welcome everybody to episode 34 with my friend and colleague, Khadija Dadaboy. And I realized I've never said your last name before, so I hope I pronounced it correctly. Is that right? Yes, you did. (laughs) Okay, good. Um, So we're going to have a really incredible conversation. I can't wait for this today. And why don't you just briefly introduce yourself before we dive in. Sure. Um, I am a counselor and a coach, and I think I would distill everything I do down to helping people transmute their pain into um, a renewed relationship with themselves and into their power and their magic and their purpose in life. I mean, I just love what you do so much and I send people to you all the time. And so at the end, you can share where people can find you and all of that good stuff. But, um, you know, just to kind of open the conversation, probably about a month or two ago, Khadija had like the best idea for a podcast episode, which was because her and I have epic conversations. And so I think at, at some point you were sharing with me that somebody close to you had told you that. 
despite everything that you've been through in your relationships with men, you still love men and care about them deeply. And they were just really kind of, um, yeah, like surprised by that, considering everything you've been through. And so um, Khadija and I know each other. We've been friends for about three years. So she also knows that I have also had difficult relationships with men where I've been hurt too. And yet we both have this undying appreciation, belief, faith in men collectively. And so Khadija had this really good idea to to really just talk about this. And so, um, yeah, I'm just, there's so many different directions that I want to go, but maybe um, you want to share just a little bit more about this, this idea that you had and um, yeah, just kind of riff a little bit off of that. Yeah. Uh, so just going back to what you said about this person saying to me that, you know, despite everything that they were surprised that I would still feel this way about men. And I think that actually it surprises me a little bit that I feel like that still. Um, But I, I've been thinking about it and I think that it is really about like needing to believe in that, you Mm -hmm. know, like needing to believe that it's possible, you know, to, see men be what I see in men. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's kind of what di- it distills down to. Mm, yeah. That, I mean, that makes me emotional just hearing you say it. It's like, there is, there is like a deep, um, there's like a flame internally that I feel like that can never be extinguished there, you know? And it's just so interesting because many women, I don't know about even many, but there's, there's, there's many, many women out there who, who wouldn't be able to have this same, um, undying love and support of men. There's many angry women out there. Um, I think on both sides, right. There's many angry women and many angry men who have just given up. And, um, and yet, yeah, that's why I love talking to you because you do have this, undying support. And, um, I think well, I, I want to be, I want to be honest about it, which is that of course I, I have anger, right. Of yeah. course I'm, I'm, have, I've felt a lot of anger through the years in these different situations, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to get into that place where you're just cynical and you hate men. And I mean, there's so much of that conversation everywhere. Right. Right. Um, But then if that if you go in that direction, then what is there? Yeah. Right. Like what is misery, bitterness? Exactly. Exactly. And so I think you get to that point where it's like, okay, if I keep going in that direction, then um, what is there for me? What possibilities? It closes down all possibilities, I think. And then um, the other part of it is like, there's also you, right? There's also the part that is mine. There's also, you know, all the ways that like your inner child stuff plays out in your relationships. And maybe there's a lot of projection or you really want men to be a particular way because it's something in you that you're trying to heal, right? So there's just, it's complex in so many ways. There's so many different parts to this. I love this so much. And I think like, yeah, you make a really good point. I mean, it's not like you and I have um, bypassed anger. I mean, I have been really, really angry. And actually, I feel like that that is a part of it. You have to allow it to come up and out and really and, and express it. 
unless, you know, you feel like you need to put a lid on it, but then that has all sorts of problems down the road. And so um, it's like, it's almost like once you allow that expression to come up and out. And and if you are able to have a higher perspective, eventually, once Mm -hmm. you're able to just get some of that out and it's not like it happens right away, especially if you're in the depths of grief, sadness, hurt, all of this stuff. But like to be able to realize, like you said, if you stay stuck in bitterness, uh, victim mentality, all of this stuff, it's, it's the road to nowhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and so And so, yeah, I think I wanted to kind of maybe just share um, a little bit of of our story, starting with yours and your relationship with your daughter's father, if you're comfortable sharing that, um, or with your father, your biological father, like wherever you want to start, just to give people a sense of just our personal stories around maybe some of the things we've been through. Well, I think like everybody else, obviously, my story begins with my own parents, right? And um for me, I think it's it's both my parents, you know, that sort of set set me up in these different ways to kind of have the encounters with men and relationships that I have had in my life to kind of get those things I didn't get in in childhood. And I, I I'd say probably the biggest one for me is sort of like um, being seen, you know, being important to someone, being chosen, wanted. I think a lot of women could relate to that. Right. Um, And then you have these experiences like when you're young and you have a crush on a boy or you like, you know, like you have these experiences where you're quote unquote rejected or, you know, it's not reciprocated. And that adds on to those pieces, you know. Um, And then you kind of get to this point where I think in my 20s, I thought like this was like the path to go down. Like you have to do this, then this, then this, right? You have to, okay, I finished school. Now I've got my career. Then the next thing to do is um, get married and have kids, buy a house, do all the things, right? I thought that that life was the life for me, you know? And wherever I got that from, I think there was an innate like desire for that family. Like we all do, I think, want to create the family maybe that we didn't have, Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was an innate desire for that. And then I think also it was just like the programming, right? Yeah. Like, this is what you do. And I really didn't know what other possibilities there were. I thought that that's what I was going to do. Um, and so when it came to being in my late twenties and that wasn't happening, it's sort of like, okay, I've had these string of relationships, some good, some not so good, some, you know, a lot of the same kind of patterning for me of like not being chosen by someone that I really wanted. Um, And then here comes this person who sort of is all wrong for me, but is promising all the things, right? Yeah. Um, And paying all the attention, like really just like honing in on what my, what my needs were that were sort of that subconscious driving thing, driving force. And, um, and in the beginning he was all about it, right. Doing all of that. And so I kind of overlooked a lot of the things that were like blaring, blaring red flags, right. Including my gut in my intuition, my gut feeling that this person was not someone to, get involved with, not the person for me. And so I overrode a lot. um, And 
ended up in this relationship that moved very fast, you know, and then um, so fast that, you know, by five months we were living together and, you know, then everything came crashing down, like sort of little by little, like just like, then this thing, one little thing would happen, then another little thing. And it was like, wait a minute. Oh no. Uh, what have I gotten myself into? Right. It was sort of like that place where it was like everyone around me was like, what are you doing in this relationship to, you know, all the ways in which there were pieces of him that didn't show up until, you know, we were, I was already fully invested and committed and, and, um, and it, and it was very toxic. I mean, that's like, I know it's such a, such a cliche term now, or everybody uses that term now, but um, it was very, very unhealthy, very unhealthy. And um, yeah, so that relationship, you know, I really gave myself up, you know, it was sort of like, I would do anything to make it work because I didn't want to look like a failure, you know, because everyone, especially because everyone had questioned me in that relationship choice that I wanted to make sure that I somehow redeemed the, that situation so that I didn't look like a failure to everyone. So that in, that started me just sort of really divorcing myself from myself, right? Mm -hmm. Really leaving myself in so many ways, like lying to people to make it seem like it was fine, you know, when it wasn't lying to myself. Like there were so many things I would say yes to or agree to when I shouldn't have been, you know, they were all ways I was abandoning myself, right? Mm -hmm. So I was doing the very thing that I was like trying to hold on to, you know, not having done to me, like not wanting to be abandoned. I was like abandoning myself in every way. Right. Um, and yeah, so that relationship just blew up, you know, obviously we had two kids in the span of all that time. Um, and both of those kids were times when we were about to, I was about to leave and then found out that I was pregnant, Wow, uh, kept me in it longer. So we could say on a cosmic level, like, I don't know, could be just like these kids really wanted to come through, yeah. um, to the, to these two people. Um, but I really like came to a point where there was just no way to not look at just how like horrible it was. You know what I mean? He was having multiple other relationships. There was, all, I mean, there was just so many things happening all the time that um, like at this point I could probably write like a thousand page novel about everything that happened in that relationship. Mm. Yeah. And it, it was devastating. You know, like I came out of that relationship with nothing with nothing, you know, including having to go and file bankruptcy, um, being completely just like, I didn't even know who I was anymore. After that, there were so many ways in which my mind had been like, like reworked by that relationship. Um, and I just didn't know who I was or what to do. And I was exhausted from the whole thing. And then after it ended there, it, we went into, you know, court and custody battles and all that kind of stuff. And the things being done, um, you know, or thrown in my direction by him, anybody would say like that you would create a feeling of hating men mm -hmm. from that experience, yeah. you know, the things that he did, the betrayals, the, I mean, just the cruelty, the cruelty, like really cruel behavior. Um, 
And instead what I did, and I really don't know where this came from at the time. Of course, I have a background <laughs> in counselor. Like I, I have a background. I haven't always had an interest in my personal growth. But when I ended up on the other side, just sort of like away from him where I could finally see like, hey, I, I'm not okay, right? Then it really was more like, what's going on with me that I ended up in a situation like that? And I, and so instead of going to like, he's trash or men are trash or, you know, kind of globally having that approach and protecting myself in that way, I took a big break from relating to anybody in that way and just did a deep dive internally to understand like where all this had come from and how I, somebody who knows as much as I know, could have ended up in a situation like that. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So I think that whatever that is in me, it, it, it wants to hope for something. Mm -hmm. It wants to hope for maybe the redemption, you know, the, the, that something, there is something good out there, yeah. you know? And right. yeah. And I, and, you know, maybe it's sort of like, as I've changed, as I've done this work with myself and I have shifted and changed, yes, the, caliber of man that comes into my life has definitely been different. It has mm -hmm. been at a higher level. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and yet I've still experienced many of these same sort of patterns of betrayal and rejection and um, men. Now it's sort of like at a level of, it's not cruelty. It's more like men who don't know themselves or men who don't understand their own, sort of greatness. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. There's a million different things that I want to reply to. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And yeah, isn't it just so wild how everything you and I know this, right. But like everything you can trace back to your relationship with your mother and your father, it's like that, those are, that's the original um, template of where we learned how to relate to um, the opposite sex of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. It like all ties back there. And if we have wounding in on the attachment front, which like most people do, I would say, mm -hmm. um, it translates into difficulties in adult relationships. So like, and like, I'm glad on the one hand that this is all becoming like attachment style and just interest in learning more about relationships. It's all like coming up right now in a way that I've never seen before, which is good. Like there's good parts about this, about how we're recognizing um, the importance of healing our trauma, um, how this relates to our adult relationships. And so I do see people taking ownership of this, which is really good. But, um, but yeah, I mean, your story is, it's heartbreaking in a way, like for me, because I, I mean, I can definitely, I have my own version of that. Like it, obviously your story is unique to you, but like in my relationship with, uh, with my son's dad, we were together almost 20 years. There were many things similar to your story that were popping up. Um, a lot of, disrespectful behavior that was directed at me, a lot of um, self-abandonment, a lot of like putting him on a pedestal and really doing anything I needed to do to shape shift into what he wanted me to be in order to keep the thing going. And oh man, yeah, that lasted for a long time. And so, um, you know, it was a blessing 
although it didn't feel like it at the time when everything collapsed. And so that that's like all of my work is born out of that time of having to really hit rock bottom. And for two years, just being on absolutely on the ground, trying to pick myself back up from that. But it does like everything, of course, traces back to my relationship with my dad. He was very abusive and, and also like not present a lot, but when he was, it was very harmful um, and created a lot of damage. And so um, it's interesting because like, I remember as a child, I did not have, because of what my father did to me, like you would say, just like you did, like, wow, why don't you hate men? But I always had this, just like a, a knowingness, even as a kid, of course, not all men are bad. Like, and you, you go to school, you meet other people, you meet boys and girls, and you see with your own eyes, not everybody's bad. And yet at the same time, I love what you say about this internal knowingness too, that like, it, it just, it can't be possible that, you know, all men are bad. So, um, I think we need to believe that, you know, because like you were saying, you know, the abuse by your dad, like, and I I was sexually assaulted by a boy when I was 15, you know? Um, and my mother was like rejecting and, you know, my father was, um, very, was strict and physically abusive. Like, so you have all the setup for, for, hating men or thinking all men are um, scary and bad. And I think that for me anyway, I can, I can feel inside that there is this part where it's like, I, I need it not to be that. Right. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Because there is like, first of all, like there's a belief in just like, even if it's not about men and women for just a second, it's like, you have a belief in humanity at large of like being able to, and you and I have done such deep inner work on ourselves to transform everything. Like we know it's possible. We're lived examples of like, you do some inner work and you can completely change your life. We've done it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's almost like, why can't everyone else do it, right? And we help people day day in, day out also to do this work too. And so it's like, we know it's possible. Like we know it's possible, right? For for men to be able to really step up to the plate to do this work, um, it, it's possible and we see it. And also like you and I have talked many times before about a woman's ability to see a man at a soul level when they look at him, they can see him at his highest. And so that is just a quality that we have that, I don't know, would you say all women can relate to that? Or what do you think about that? I think so. I mean, I think that at least all the women that I have talked to, you know, and I think in, in um, sort of popular like jargon, it would be like seeing the man's potential and like, don't fall in love with potential. Like, right. That's the thing people say all the time, like, you know, forget about his potential, but it's like, that's it. It's not just the potential. It's like, you see that person. Mm -hmm. And so your, I think your hope is that then he can become that person. And on some level, I almost think that that is part of relationship that when you come together with somebody you are helping the other person see themselves clearly right. and rise into that. I would hope that's, you know, that's hundred percent. Like this is how you and I know, well, we know this, right. We know that the purpose of relationships is to, in a, in a deep container of love and support, you can do so much healing, right. The, the, and also not just healing of your trauma and all that stuff, but like then after you've kind of done that together and cleared away some of that, you can literally rise up into just like 
such expansion together, right? And like, so this is the model for relationships right now. And and it's possible. And it's like, yes, I do think there's an aspect to by definition and kind of like by by the natural order of things, like where women actually, this is like, not just like, just on a psychological level, like we can see men and their potential and stuff. It's more, I think it's actually on a higher spiritual level of, of just the, the beautiful um, complementary aspect of, of men and women together and what we can offer to men. Like, you know, the, this idea of the muse, for example, has been around for how long ages. Right. Yeah. And so there's something there and like, remember I showed you that clip from Michael Bates about how he was sharing about his partner, right? And like hearing from his partner, like how um, she just could not bear to not see him at his fullest potential and how that rocked him Mm -hmm. and was hard to hear. But then like, was this, you know, men also on some level, they like that sometimes, you know, and it's fuel for them. Yeah. That's the part that I think for the woman is heartbreaking. Like, I know that's what it is for me is to see a man choose otherwise, like to choose not to rise into that space. And I would say that like, that has been the demise of certain relationships for me is where you almost get to that point where it's it's like the man going to do it or not, you Mm -hmm. know? they going to actually step into that and then kind of move forward and let this blossom or not, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, what's so interesting is like that I I haven't quite like figured this out or digested this fully, but just yesterday I heard this idea because the feminine is magnetic Mm -hmm. and the masculine is electric. She pulls him in And Mm -hmm. so there's kind of an exchange there where what we're talking about in this dynamic of like inviting him in Mm -hmm. and inviting him to the table, like there's just something about it that that's beautiful. And I also just want to be clear, like we're not saying that as women, like we can't also receive the same back from our partner, right? (laughs) Like we can't also be held to our highest, like with love and support, like it goes both ways, right? But it's just that I feel like we... Uh, more women. And I guess this is just natural in general. If you think about people who are drawn to relationship workshops and books, it's mostly women, right? And so like, I think that more women nowadays understand the potential of relationships in this way, right? Um, But but what do you think is like the biggest block then for, for men not either not understanding this or not being able to put their ego to the side and, and just get humble and rise up? Well, I think um, from what I can see, and I'm sure there are men who have more insight into this, but that that it's um, like a self-worth issue. You know, it's sort of the questioning of like, am I what she sees in me? Mm-hmm. You know, is that really true? Um, and it's also having to do the hard work. It's, you know, yeah. it would take to go back and heal the things, heal your early wounding and be able to step into the present moment and actually rise into the man that you're meant to be. Um, It calls up a lot of things, right? Right. So if you're a man who didn't have a basis of 
feeling like you are worthy or feeling like um, you are competent or all the things, right? That when there's a woman in front of you saying that, it maybe feels either like, I can't do it, you know, like I'll mm-hmm. fail at that. Mm-hmm. And then what will happen, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. Well, She's wrong. I'm not that. She's wrong, you know, because that's not how I see myself. And I think that I am, you know, not that great, or, you know, I don't think that I could be that guy. I think it's, I'm going to say it's fear, but Mm -hmm. like women always say that that it's fear in men, you know? Um, But that's what I would call it. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think there's definitely something there that I think there's also like, as you're speaking, I think that there's like multiple things going on. So like, there's, there's that, right? Maybe men's internal lack of belief in in themselves and their greatness and their ability to step up to the plate and the things required for that. Like you just said, discipline, grit, being able to do hard things, Um, do the emotional processing stuff, which some men it's hard for right? To be able to look at the trauma and also to develop relationship skills, which, you know, I know this is a super overgeneralization, but like some men are are not as comfortable as women are just relationally, right? Mm-hmm. With being able to have those skills. So there's, there's all of that. And then there's also like this other thing where sometimes it's like the, um, how do I want to say this? It's a little bit of deprogramming, like in the past, how, um, like the men that knew uh, to listen to their women as guides, right? Like you can think about this in in history, like they had their, their woman as mm-hmm. sort of like an advisor behind the scenes, right? She was informing him, supporting him. Those men were great. But then I think there's also this misconception that hopefully is falling away for men in general, where like you, you have to be the boss, you have to be the leader. And it's yeah. almost, it's an ego thing. Where mm-hmm. like, um, like who is she to tell me all this mm-hmm. stuff? So there's like a little bit of that too. These are obviously like different types of men, I think too, that we're describing because not all men are the same and carbon copies of each other, but, but it's, it does take a level of humility for all of us too, not just us being able to express some of this stuff to our men, but also for us as women to be able to invite feedback. Mm-hmm. And it takes like a level of humility and mm-hmm. and and actually also having the internal like stability and sense of like i know who i am so mm-hmm. if my woman says something to me that like actually doesn't con- conflicts with me on a soul level like i'll have the fortitude to like not you know just shape shift into whatever she wants yeah. me to be too yeah and but i do think all of those things boil down to um, having the capacity to emotionally meet yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that, you know, a lot of teachers are talking, especially men talking about, you know, what it's like for men, right. That there, that there isn't that sort of, um, comfort the way that women have with meeting things emotionally. Uh-huh. And right. so it feels maybe too vulnerable or scary to have to, f- turn towards the things inside of yourself that you've done a really good job of sort of compartmentalizing or distracting yourself from, right? Right. Um, Yeah, or just like maybe putting into a hobby or into like, you know, putting it into something rather than taking that energy and actually turning it toward yourself and having to meet 
things that hurt or do the discovery that it would take. I think that there is um, a fear of what would be met there. I know. I agree with you. I think it's crazy to think that like this is yeah. Also remember when I showed you the little, the little clip from, from Jetty Azuma, when he was talking about how he like knows these like strong men who have like killed people on the battlefield. But then when it comes to actually talking about their own emotions and stuff, like they, they say that's the hardest thing they've ever done. So like you just pinpointed it there. And it's like, sometimes, you know, there's so much going on collectively with, you know, all of it's just so much stuff around, you know, people nowadays say stuff about men, they become too feminine, too soft, too in their feelings. Like, and so like, I, I get it. I think there's overall like a sense of confusion too with men about like, well, what are we, who are we supposed to be? What do you want us to be? Right. Yeah. Um, but then I think like from a higher perspective, that's probably happening for a reason for them to actually develop, start to develop the emotional competency of, of literally just on a basic level, connecting the head and the heart a little bit more yeah. so that they can actually do some of this. Yeah. But I also think that it, there's like a subtle difference in energy, like where we're talking about, like when they say men are now too soft and in their feelings, it's not the same as having courage, like courage. You have to have almost like warrior energy to meet those things. It's hard work. Yeah. It is hard it's work. So hard. I mean, you and I, we're doing it all the time. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, some days I'm like, I don't even know how I'm like doing regular life because I'm working so hard in like having the courage to face certain things. You, you develop a mastery. That's not soft feeling like, you know, that I think falls into line with sort of that, the idea of the masculine energy. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. The courage, the courage, the discipline, the structure to meet yourself internally over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And like, I know you and I have talked about, like, I'm just going to admit on my, on my days where I get impatient, like in my days where I'm not seeing the higher thing, like mm -hmm. as just a real human woman, sometimes I'm like, man, like I have done so much heavy lifting in my life. Some of it I do have to admit, like it was kind of like against, against my will, right? Like I was dragged through the fire, didn't really have a choice, but like, um, yeah, it's like, wow, if we can do this, like so can men, right? So that's, that's like my human self sometimes like, oh, I'm just losing. And, and also like on a subtle level, it, again, I'm not always here and I try to see the higher thing, but it does make me like lose, um, the ability to trust, you know, yes. like, can you, can you in a relationship step up to the plate, just like I can, mm -hmm. right. Just like I can. I have struggled with that too, obviously, especially as a recent, like my most recent relationship. Um, it does eat away at the ability to trust. It's like, can I enter into another experience with a man where it looks like he's able to do that? And then he's not able to do that. Right. right? And yeah. um, yeah, I don't know if that takes a refinement on our end of like what, how to discern, you know, that mm -hmm. um, or taking the time. You know, I think I know that for me, uh, one of one of my sort of 
issues that I've needed to work on or patterns is moving quickly, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I hear a lot of women say that, but moving quickly uh, in a relationship before you've really laid everything out or really had time to see how this person moves and operates fully in the world um, and with themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even knowing what that is, look what you're looking for in terms of what does it look like for a man to step up and be that person? Right. What are you exactly looking for? And every relationship, I think I have gotten clearer, obviously, and refined that more and more so that mm-hmm. I understand it better. But it does eat away at your ability to trust that men, it's not a trust of like, will you hurt me? It's a trust of, can you, are are you actually stable? Are you actually able to step up into your own life in a really stable centered way? Because mm-hmm. that's going to mean something stable for me. That's going to mean something great for me. Right. But it's not doing it for me. It's are you doing that in your life? Yeah. Oh, I love that you said that because that's a good way to actually kind of assess to see. Um, and like, honestly, look, I know we're talking about men, but it's it, for anyone out there, this is a way to assess people to see how are they handling challenges in their life right now, right? Mm-hmm. Are that like, is the way that they speak about certain things like showing you that they're kind of in like poor me victim mentality collapsed, can't really handle life's challenges? Or do they have more of a growth mentality of like, hey, bring it on, right? Like this is an opportunity for me to whatever it is, develop mastery financially or or in multiple areas, right? And so, and nobody's perfect, right? Also like, I know for me in the past, I have fallen into the trap of like the bar has been very high, right? So like understanding that everybody's human, but also being able to to see the longer term patterns, like you said, that really come out when you give it time and you go a little bit slower and you have a chance to get to know somebody, right? Exactly. And it's not that I, I, I've come to understand that it's not that I'm looking for somebody who already has figured all that out and is in that place. But even just somebody who's willing, because they may be in a place where it's like, I don't know how to do that. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. know how to do those things, but it's like, are you willing to do them? Yeah. The willingness things. Are you willing to find the courage inside of yourself to do these things? Uh, Or are you going to go run off into your um, comforts back to your comfort zone? Um, and use your distractions so that you don't have to actually do that, right? Yeah, I right. have seen men, many men make that choice to go back to their comfort zone and not do that. And that is just so heartbreaking. And I want to say, like, we're talking about men. I'm not a man, you know? And so <laughs> I, I don't know for sure right? Like what is happening inside of a man, mm-hmm. right? And it's a mystery a little bit. <laughs> this is why I think that we need to be happy. I mean, I always say, look, women have our work to do, men have their work to do. And then we also need to be coming together to have conversations together between men and women about some of these topics, right? And so like, that's like, because it's important, we need to understand the other side, right? Like from what I've heard from some of the men that I've either worked with professionally or just like friends or other, you know, people, 
that men feel very confused about women want what women want, right? And so we we're giving them very mixed signals about like what we're looking for. And so we need to take responsibility for that. And simultaneously, men also need to get so clear on who they are and stop shape shape shifting themselves and abandoning themselves at a soul level for women. <laughs> you know what I mean? And actually, like I'll just give this to men, like that is really sexy when a man knows himself. And so like, it's not sexy when you are shape-shifting into like what you think she wants you to be. It's like, we can also feel that energetically too. You can't trust that. You can't trust, you know, um, because like I said, it's not stable. It doesn't remain stable. It's changing and moving. And then it's like, I I can't, so who are you, who are you going to be next? And who are you going to be next? I can't, I can't lean into that. Right. I can't Mm -hmm. trust. And so, and I do think men do that a lot because, well, now I think there's been a lot of pressure, yes, around like how men should be. And so it is confusing for them. And then, so they're always like, yeah, sort of moving like, okay, she, I think she wants me to be like this. I think she wants this for me. I think she wants that for me. And so they're kind of just like trying all these different things, um, but they completely lose their center. Right. And so, yes, they may um, be with a woman who wants that in some way, because that maybe is easier to control. But I think a woman who truly wants like a union with somebody who really wants the relationship to have more purpose and a greater, um, a greater expression is not going to want that. She's, she's going to want somebody who, um, knows is exactly who he is right yeah. and almost in some ways calls her into something totally. that she's at her edge around you know right. oh that's like the most beautiful so that's like first of all just for everyone listening that is the what's available to us right now I mean it's very clear like this is how I teach relationships. This is you and I have had so many conversations about this. I know that we don't have a lot of models of this, but it is possible. There's people that are doing this right now. So this is the potential of relationships. And yes, both people can can rise into their greatest expressions. I mean, it is literally, I, I am not being dramatic when I say this, doing relationships in this way, how you just described, it is indirect it has a direct impact on the evolution of humanity. Relationships are a huge catalyst for our growth, for healing trauma and for growth and evolution. And so that this is what's available to us. But, but like, I love what you said, because so men, um, whether they know it or not actually are drawn to women like this, who are catalytic in that way, they might not, their egos might not like it, but at a soul level, any man who's interested in becoming, stepping into his fullest potential actually consciously or unconsciously seeks women like this. Right. Except for that some of those men come close to that, right? And they feel it and then they go running the other right. direction. Yeah. They're not fully ready. Oh, that's, it's so interesting. I mean, that, that does happen. And also, you know, to be fair, maybe for women too, like if they're, if like the man of their dreams shows up at their doorstep, like we always have to ask, like, are we ready for that too? But I like, like, so for on both sides, it's like, is your nervous system able to actually hold this caliber of relationship? Right. That's what I was going to say is like, also, okay. I think that you cannot have this level of relationship 
at least I'm coming to understand this for myself. You cannot have this level of relationship while you are still a wounded child inside. Right now, of course, I feel like relationships can be a place, a container where that healing can happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's probably a level of that, but I think that until you do some work in that area, you know, around that piece for yourself, it's difficult. You can have the vision for this kind of relationship, but I think it's difficult because you come you know, with these high level sort of things that you're, you've identified as wanting in a relationship. But when you come and you're in relationship, it's the child that comes out. Right. Yeah. And so you can't grab, you can't like keep that vision. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Cause then, yeah. And like, so that's, what's really running the show in relationships and in our life in general is really all the unconscious stuff that like all those parts that haven't fully healed. And like, I think best case scenario, right. Like just to give people hope and options. It's like, if you know all your stuff, right. And you meet somebody who is in very strongly in secure attachment. Mm-hmm. And from the very beginning, you're like, hey, he, this is my stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to yeah. name it right here. This is what I want. I'm committed to working yeah. on this, right? Yeah. And that person who's in secure, attach- secure attachment can help the other person actually exactly. to heal. Yes. So that that is possible. But yeah, you make a really good point because for all of us, unless we take responsibility for these deep, deep core wounds, and heal them, maybe not fully, but to a certain extent so that they stop attracting partners where we're just cycling and repeating. Um, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard not to to have that happen again. Yeah, it is. And I think, um, you know, one of the questions I'm, I sit with is like, if you want that level of partnership, sort of what are you doing to be that level of partner? Yeah. And, um, and I think this it's, it is being able to look at the things in, in your, that are out of your awareness or out of your consciousness and every like relationship, every relationship when you're in it, when it's ending always offers you that information, if you can look at it. Right. And (laughs) if you don't just go into like victim mentality, right. Then you can actually, find that information that's been out of your awareness. And then you have the opportunity to work with that piece and get yourself more ready for that level of partnership. Exactly. Yeah. I love that you just said that. And it can be very understandable why you would collapse and feel all sorts of things and not be able to see the bigger thing. And that's why, you know, people like Khadija and I are other people who can actually help to support you through that so that you can do the processing to get to a place where you can then actually see the tangible lessons that you can take away of what you can do internally to shift things, right? And then if you can see that upper upward trajectory, like you said earlier, about the caliber of people in relationships, and that's always a good sign that you're doing doing the work, right? Um, let me just pause for a moment and just look at the notes though, because we have so much that I want to talk about here. Okay, so I wanted to touch upon this idea that you and I were talking about, about how we've been noticing that men collectively are kind of stuck in more of like an immature child way of being like there's no initiations like there were in the past to kind of usher him from boyhood into manhood right and so we've lost a lot of that and so you know what are what are your ideas in terms of 
helping to uh, to really solve this problem? I mean, you know, my background is in working with kids and my philosophy was always at when I was younger, just out of grad school and all that. My philosophy was they were the only people to work with who were kids because they hadn't yet like sort of set everything in stone and they hadn't, they didn't have all these, you know, especially when you could work with them very young, they didn't have all these, um, they were more malleable, you know, they didn't have all these like sort of rock solid, like patterns and things. Right. And so I think that it's that it starts way back then, you know, it Mm -hmm. starts with children. It starts with boys and, um, what we're teaching them, how we're programming them, um, what we're exposing them to, um, how they're being guided by other men. Mm-hmm. Right? How mothers are are parenting their boys <laughs> and what I can talk about, right? Like that's huge too, like all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like the role of, so for, obviously I'm, I want to make sure that I do a halfway decent job with my son in his going into teenage years. Right. And so like my role right now is like kind of starting to pull back and then the father's role or the man, the masculine presence is then supposed to kind of come in stronger. Right. Right. And so this is part of how that initiation works, I think. Yeah. And I don't wonder if you're, where are you seeing this, but do you see that time for boys where they're like in their adolescence? Do we see men mentoring and guiding them at that? That's, I think, the pivotal right. moment, you know? And do we see that because that's when the maturation is happening, right? And so when it's not happening, then we do sort of see, I think, this prolonged adolescence because there isn't the initiation into the next phase. I think developmentally, all children, you know, when they get to a particular age, like that um, 18 to 21 year old stage, they are moving from, am I still a kid? Do I still need my parents? Do I still, you know, they're still, they're kind of going back and forth between like stepping into adulthood and then going back, you know, and these are like adolescence and that moment in time, these are like specific developmental times that they really do need that extra guidance to get over the finish line into that next stage. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, with men being collectively kind of confused about like what masculinity even is, it must be hard for, for them to come in as strong mentors. Right. And there might, they might not be confident within themselves about what a man is or how I should direct, you know, a younger guy in what direction. And so True. And also like even on a practical level, right? When you have, um, when there isn't a push for men to grow competence at that, at those ages, you know, like, so when you're in that like 18 to 21 year old phase, like gaining competence to rule your own life, be sovereign and autonomous in your own life, mm-hmm. you're still relying on your, your parents or you're continuing to live at home for years and years and years. And no one is actually pushing you to do the next thing, 
Right. right. This is where I have to, you know, I, I do have to call out mothers in a loving way. I know mothers get a lot of stuff thrown at them. <laughs> I know. Um, and, you know, you could also say parenting in general and how the, the over coddling or the over permissive stuff of, of all of this, where you think maybe you're supporting them by all this stuff, but it, it backfires because, yeah, like you said, you're, you're not allowing the boys to develop that competence, that independence, the resilience of going out into the world, stumbling, falling, picking themselves back up. That's how you develop strength. And so like, and so a lot of women, especially I, I just have to say as, you know, single mothers have a hard time because there isn't that masculine presence in the house. They, we do have a harder time, you know, with, with some of this stuff. I mean, I have two girls, so I don't, I, I haven't had to raise a boy, but it, yes, without having the complimentary energy in the home, without having the complimentary masculine energy um, it, the job is so much harder and there is a missing, I just believe, and maybe people would disagree with me, but that there is a missing piece. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not best case scenario for anybody to be a single parent. <laughs> I mean, we, we can speak from experience on that. Um, and so like so many, like, as just as we're speaking, I'm like, yeah, this is my desire to heal the relationship between men and women goes so, so deep, really directly pulling from my own life, but then also seeing some of these bigger, I guess you could say deficits or things that need to kind of be healed, you know, collectively so that we can step into healthier relationships all around. Absolutely. And I, I feel like we, the bottom line, I think is like, we need men, like we need yes. them. And I think we went through a long period of time where the, the prevailing cultural, like sort of conditioning was, we don't need men, yeah. and, which I never bought into ever. Like it was so big in the nineties and I just never bought into it. It just never felt it's like, yeah, I, I do need men. Like that's the truth. Yeah. The truth is I do need men and we all need men. Like, look at what's happening in our world. We need men to, to like step up and do something about stuff. <laughs> like, you know, women are doing, they are doing a lot and women are always sort of tend to be the ones leading the way with whatever it is that's going on. But like, we need men to for us to have change in this world. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, as we start to kind of wrap things up a little bit, like I definitely want to end by sharing our, just our grand vision, you know, for the next five, 10 years of, of just ideal scenario in the relations between men and women. Um, but let me just see if we for, yeah, the last thing that I want to just talk about a little bit, because again, like, you know, what I love also about Khadija and our friendship is that we're very clear about owning our stuff, right? Like there's both sides. There's like women's stuff, there's men's stuff, there's things together that we need to do better. But, you know, one thing, um, with women that we just have to watch because it's like a fine line, right? Is we do have such deep love and care for men. We can see them at their highest, but then that fine line in relationship of slipping into caretaker or rescuer um, is something that we just need to watch, right? And so like, it's, but it's hard on a practical level. How do we hold this vision for them without slipping into that? Okay. This is such a good question because 
I think that what sometimes that the message it sends, the sort of caretaking rescuer message it sends to the man is the opposite of what we want, which is it's sending the message to them that we don't actually believe they're competent. We don't actually believe they can rise. We're saying that, but then we're like, maybe trying to control it too much, or we want them to do it this way, or we're, you know, we're doing all the things to help them do it instead of allowing them to go through that process. And it does send the message like, I don't think you're going to do it right. (laughs) (laughs) Or I don't think you know what you're doing. So I'm going to tell you how to get there or whatever it is. Right. And so I think in order to, like you said, really hold that vision is comes back to, I think, a little bit of trust and holding the vision, working with that within yourself to see the man as that, Mm -hmm. to see him as that already, and that he is on his own journey to find his way there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful because yes, you're absolutely right. It is sending the message that, yeah, you're, you're not doing it right you're not competent. And so, oh my gosh, if we could just check that a little bit as women. So that's like our part to own, right? And so like, if we're able to pull back and trust in that way, all that I ask is that if like, is that he shows me sort of like the Loren Kren thing I posted in my stories, like if he shows me that he's trustworthy and that he's taking ownership and going and running with it. And I can see like, I, I'll be over here. <laughs> I'm yes. not going to be involved. But I and and also vice versa, right? For me too, if if something if I have a gaping wound in my relationship and it's causing all sorts of problems, if I own it, I can be trustworthy to my partner to be able to show him I'm working on it. Right. So a lot of that it has to do with like open communication too, and like and showing your partner that like, yeah, you're here, you're doing it. Exactly. And if they're not doing it, it's not a call for you to step in and make things happen. Right. Or or like push him along. I think you can share. And I know I've been like guilty of doing that. Right. Like, because I think the consequence feels too great. Like, oh, I might lose this person or, you know, it might not work out. And so you really want them to, to get on that track. And so you end up sort of like jumping in and like trying to get them to do things. And, and I think that's where things fall apart. Right. And so um, we have to watch, we have to watch that. And, and if you see that they're not doing it, then you kind of are at a place where you can say as a woman, Hey, I'm noticing that you've said this and here's where things are. And I'm not feeling great about it, or it's making me feel less secure here or whatever that is. And then you may have to make a decision, you know, that, that that you don't want to be involved with that person because it is not, um, they're not actually stepping into that place. Right. And and it's not the vision that you you've been holding for a relationship instead of trying to coerce it and push it into. Yeah. And try to force it. I know like this actually reminds me of the importance too, of, of like, you can make the invitation, right. Mm -hmm. And see if the other person rises to the occasion. And it's just like, you make the invitation and then you just have trust, right. If this is, if there's a relationship is in alignment, 
right? If if all of that higher level stuff is is working through here, then I don't have to do anything really. You know, I do think making the invitation and having open communication about this is really key. That's part of it on a human level to achieve mastery of like just better communication overall. But then also there's that higher thing of like, like you said, like if you find yourself forcing it, just like with anything in life, it's probably not, you know, meant to be. And I also think one last thing is that um, it is not just like having that vision of your partner and holding that vision of who they are, even though there's a gap maybe between where they are and that vision is also to express your faith in them, your, right. your belief and your yeah. knowing that they are right. going to be able to get there. Oh, that's so big. I mean, just in general, you know, we're talking about, we're, we're focusing a lot on this part of like, you know, inviting people to rise up. Right. But yeah, it's true. Like it, it, in a relationship in my, in my grand vision, which we'll get to it like in a second, but I, I do see that a relationship has both. It has deep love, support, celebration for the other person. Right. And the other part too, of like sometimes having to have hard conversations, or I guess you could say maybe the tough love stuff. Like I, you get, it has, it gets to be both. Right. Well, right. It gets to be whatever is truth. Right. Whatever is truth, as long as you're bringing it to the relationship, then that's love. That's exactly. And truth and love are often one and the same. Right. Okay. So do you want to end by sharing what's your grand vision for the relationship between men and women? Well, I think that I would love for both men and women individually to heal. And when I mean heal, it's the work I've been doing with myself. It's to repair internally, to remember yourself, to bring it all back in, you know, to become whole again. And, you know, that wholeness is really just recollecting all your parts and bringing them in um, and saying, you're all welcome here and I've got you and all that. Like, if we individually are doing that work. And so I would love to see more men, obviously able to do that, you know, and I mean, supported in doing that work with themselves, you know, and that we live in a society where that is the norm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that way men and women can come together in such a powerful way that we can actually instigate large scale change in our world. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I mean, I see it. I see it. I see that vision definitely. And like, I think, you know, my grand vision just to go off of, of that and really like, um, share that, like, first and foremost, I just would love men and women to return to each other, you know? And so this divide is heartbreaking in so many ways. Um, and to understand that, you know, we are beautiful, complementary. um, I guess you could say equals, right? But we bring we bring very different things to the table and just this beautiful coming together of the masculine, the feminine, men and women, knowing, of course, we all have both internally to some extent, but just being able to work with this idea that no relationship has to be perfect. It doesn't look like what they show you on TV or anything like that. Like we're stepping into this new era of like together in relationship, we can heal 
Let's just be open and honest about like what we still need to work on, you know, just getting humble and being like, Hey, this is the stuff that really triggers me. I'm still working on this and the other person sharing the same. And then, you know, to be able to have each person, like you said, continue to do your own inner work. And then also together in relationship to be able to also do some of that work as well to continue to heal. And then once you get through a lot of that heavy lifting together to be able to just like rise up into like this incredible elevated evolved version of you, which is like kind of like your higher self. So this is the potential for relationship. Yeah. And then, you know, and that's not even touching upon like the expansion of sexuality and intimacy and all of that that's available. So like there's, there's so much juice here too. It's not all about just doing the work. Can I add something to my vision (laughs) Um, that uh, I would love to see um, the programming change, the programming of men about women and of um, about men, you know, for women that like, how we think about the other is different, you know, that, and that is, I would like to see that change just like culturally change. Right. And because it is fostered the divide and conquer mentality with men and women. um, And it keeps us from being powerful. You know, the powers that be can make us hate each other. And then we are each sort of susceptible in our pain, susceptible to whatever they you know, want us to be programmed with or what they want us to do or whatever, whatever they want us to buy. Um, But if we don't buy into that anymore, it's almost an active, to me, like an active revolution, like that, you know, no, I'm not going to hate men. No, I'm not going to hate women. You know, I'm not going to subscribe to that programming. I'm going to see the truth. And then we come together and that power is something they will not be able to control. That is so beautiful. I know I'm going to clip that because that's so (laughs) incredible. And like, that's really it. Like it's all lies. It's lies that we've been told that we're just so different and, and all of this stuff. And it's been modeled, it's been programmed into us. It's been modeled to us by our parents. Right. And so we've just been seeing this for how long? By hundreds TV, of hundreds by all, of yeah. yeah, it's like this. And so the exciting thing for me is like, now we're at a point where this is really, it's going to change. Like I know it is people are waking up to exactly what you said. We are better together. We need each other. And, you know, really when you come together in that place, there's no limits to, yes. to the heights that you can go. And yeah, like, so the divide and conquer, keeping us separated from each other totally traumatized in our in our, in our camps over here it's like ooh that's a really good way you know to to disempower people and that's keep a us- whole conversation in itself that we could right. have you know about yeah and it's true it's true like and you know and so like some of what i talk about in, on the war on love sex and relationships this is it really cuz like a lot of this is being it, it is an agenda, right? And so, and like, and not to be victimized by it, to be able to see it clearly happening and make a different choice to not buy into any of that. Exactly. And catch yourself, you know, in your own programming around that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This was such a good conversation. Thank you so much for, you for just being me. so open and um, 
and sharing like so much of your own personal stories and all of your wisdom that you've learned, you know, through the fire, it's, it's valuable, it's needed. And I'm just so grateful for you as a friend and colleague. And so where can people find you? Do you have things coming up for work or like where, um, where can people connect with you? Um, on Instagram, um, you can connect with me there. Uh, you can go to my website, which is just khadijadataboy.com. Um, those are probably the main places that you can find me. Uh, there are lots of ways to work with me. I do um, one-to-one work with people um, in various ways. I have a three-month deep dive program called The Way of the Liberated Heart, Um, I also offer energy work such as Reiki. So there's lots of different ways that you can work with me. What I would say to anybody interested in working with me is to just book a free discovery call, which is 30 minutes for us to just like go deep and talk about some things and see um, what we can do together. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I just recommend Khadijah so highly and, and, um, and beyond just the work you do, like love these kind of conversations and they're really needed and necessary. And so can't wait for this to come out and just, you know, share it all around. And, um, do you have any final last words? Just thank you for having me on. It was fun. Um, enjoyed having this conversation. Hopefully we'll do it again sometime. (laughs) Good. Okay, good. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you again. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps these episodes and this podcast get out to more people. I really appreciate it. And I also just have to give a big thank you to everybody who has been sharing the podcast with their friends and their family. I don't take that lightly, so thank you so much. And if you're somebody who could use support with relationships, please reach out. I work with women, men, and couples, and I also teach breathwork groups and lead women's circles. And so you can message me on Instagram or you can email me. And everyone who's interested in the work I do should just book a free 30-minute consultation call. And I'll post all of the information on how to get in touch with me in the show notes. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon.